Okay, so we'd like to welcome you to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for November 25th, 2007. And this is, um, I'm going to be going over a couple things in this study that relate one to another. And to, just to give you a slight overview, I received, I, I'm, I get new, I'm on certain newsletter lists from people that are heavily involved in the New Age, and these types of things are flat out witchcraft, because I like to, like the Bible says, lest we be ignorant of Satan's devices. Um, because I like to see what agenda they're pushing, and what agenda might be afoot for them. Because ultimately, the New Age movement, and the witchcraft movement, is ultimately going to be moving toward the one world religion. So, I, I'm on this one email list, and I only get an email once every month or every two months from this guy. And it's called the World Puja Network. P-U-J-A. I don't even know what that means. But this guy is a New Age adherent extraordinaire. Okay? His website is www.worldpuja.org. And I got this, this email from him, and I've never even ever, in any of these audio teachings, ever got into to what we're going to be talking about. I mean, I've, I've made reference to it, but I'm going to... I'm going to take you into the enemy's camp, and you're going to get a good look at seeing how they look at things, and what they're doing, and what their agenda is. Okay? And what I'm going to do then, we're going to, t and we're going to relate this to how that teaching that I did on the Ascended Masters, and that these Ascended Masters are going to be coming soon, most likely making their debut in conjunction with the arrival of the Antichrist. Guaranteed, they're going to come with the Antichrist. There's not just going to be one person deceiving there's going to be a lot. And we're going to relate how this Ascended Master agenda fits in with the whole Lord Maitreya thing. And who was the actual guy that ended up announcing Lord Maitreya at the very, very beginning? And it's going to really surprise you. So kind of bear with me on this, because we're going to be covering all of this. But all of this relates one to another. I'm going to start here with this letter first. And this guy says, Dearest Hearts, we are back from the blessed experience of the, quote, lift the light, the gathering, end of quote. A lot of these New Age people have, they always refer to these things as the gathering, okay? And he says, um, he goes on to say, and I decided to write a recap for all those that were present with us and for those who joined with us in spirit. Now, he has spirit capitalized, like the Holy Spirit, okay? But it should be small s. But for all who join us in spirit, many miracles and deep healings occurred throughout the day. Whoa. I will first share this miracle synopsis of one of the many emails that were sent to me in our event. Now think about this. They had this New Age freak gathering. Witchcraft gathering. Okay. And they had like 300 people with this thing. And many miracles and deep healings, they claim, occurred throughout the day. Whoa! Now how do we explain this as a Christian, if these miracles or healings really did happen? I mean, if you had a New Age adherent come back, and you're, and you're a Christian, and they come up to you and they say, Oh yeah, well my God's bigger than yours, because look, I had this abnormality, and it's healed. And this happened, and it's healed. Don't you want to be able to give an answer for that? Because there's a lot, totally, perfectly logical answer. Okay, we're going to be getting into this. Um, 
let's just read one of these one of these uh, testimonies first. Thank you so much for the lift, the light, the gathering. A terminally, a terminally ill fellow from Portland was brought to quote the gathering by his physician. Though in his wheelchair and in pain, he made it through the entire day. Between the healings and the energy being released on Saturday, he is eating, walking, has ceased painkillers, and is smiling with a new peace of mind and the body that he had lost. I feel in my heart the weekend in Seattle was a miracle, was a miracle in its best form. That's a, that's a testimony from M. Valise from California. Hmm. Well, again, I mean, most of this, uh, most of what you see at Benny Hinn aren't even healings. They've proven that on, on all the people that they've followed up with that go to his crusades and stuff like that. So many people, he's proclaimed, oh, you're healed, and they die like the next week. You know, or they don't get healed at all. It's, it's what it boils down to a lot of times is an adrenaline rush, and that adrenaline masks over the pain for the time. It's, it's a big emotional fervor that they work themselves up into this froth and essentially, you know, don't have pain for the time they're in there or think that they're healed. Now, I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ is not capable of healing. Okay? But these apostate devil ministers that are going around doing this stuff, giving glory to themselves more than anything else, lining their pockets with these people's money, preaching a false gospel, I have a really tough time with that. I mean, isn't that, isn't that part of the end time delusion that the Bible clearly predicted would happen? Teachers, heaping in themselves teachers, having itching ears, speaking lies and hypocrisy, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils? Well, sure it is. Let's go to Matthew 24, verse 21. Matthew 24, verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation. So I want to give the whole context of this verse. Okay, so this is when we go into the second part of the three and a half year tribulation, the great tribulation. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor shall ever be. Ever, sh ever shall be. And... And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then, if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise many false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now, we're already seeing a lot of that right now. Now, it's only going to get worse. Okay, which is what this Bible proves. We're already seeing this happen, but it's going to ultimately and progressively get worse. So, these lying signs and wonders are going to, if it were possible, they would deceive the very elect. And you have to ask yourself, when it comes to that part of if it's possible, is it possible for you as a born-again Christian today to be deceived? Well, sure it is. This is why we need to arm ourselves with, with these types of things so that we can know to separate the truth from the lies. These are the false warning signs and these are the false um, signs and wonders and miracles leading up to what is described in the verses that we just read. Okay, so that's that's where we're at right now. Now, when this person goes on to say, you know, uh, that he got healed and he sees painkillers and he's smiling with a new kind of peace of mind and the body that he's lost, and he feels in his heart 
that the weekend in Seattle was a miracle in its best form. Again, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? What was the real fruit of his healing? Let's look at that. Because I don't care if the guy got healed. What is the real fruit? Where is he going to end up as a result of this healing? Okay, now, I'm not saying he was, he was on his way to hell, obviously, before he went to this. But this man now has virtually no hope of ever getting saved after this demonic healing. Now, what I, when I, I say that because, think about it, if this guy had tried, probably tried all these things for all these years, never got any help, and he goes to this one thing called this gathering, and these new age witches essentially summon whatever they summon, the guy supposedly gets healed. How long that healing lasts, I have no idea. Do you think that guy's going to buy into this whole New Age thing, hook, line, and sinker, or do you think he's going to walk away from it? This guy's got no hope now of ever. And you know what he's going to become? A walking billboard for essentially the New Age movement, for New Age witchcraft. And he's going to say, hey, listen, the proof is in the pudding. Look at me. Can you argue with these results? I'm not on a wheelchair. I'm off painkillers. Okay, well, how does this work? How did this happen? Remember when Jesus was healing people, and many, many times when he would heal them, demons would come out of them, like with the epilepsy case, and he said, this kind goeth out and up by prayer and fasting, these types of things. What does that tell you? A large percentage of the healings that Jesus Christ did was purely demonic. Was purely the demons that they had inside them, and they were called spirits of infirmity. They were causing an infirmity in the body. Now, if you're Satan up there, and you're trying to deceive the masses, and you're the most subtle beast in the field, wouldn't it make sense to you if you had somebody that came to you with a spirit of infirmity in a New Age witchcraft environment? And you have this person come up to you, and these spirits of infirmity are causing all these problems. Whether these spirits of infirmity came through generational... Um, Witchcraft, through generational sin, the Bible talks about the sins of the forefather being carried to the third and fourth generation. Whether it was, whether it was from maybe something you did um, earlier where you opened a demonic door and these spirits of infirmity came in and started causing all these problems. I, I, that, that's neither really here nor there. It doesn't really matter in that regard. But as Satan, in your job, your primary job as Satan is to try to deceive as many people as you can, to, to steal, to kill, to destroy. Ultimately, your goal, your main goal, is to get as many people into the lake of fire with you as possible. Because misery loves company, and he wants to destroy all of God's creations, and we're created in God's image, according to Genesis, and we remind him of God, and he doesn't like it, so he's trying to kill as many of us as he can. With that being your agenda... What, what, um, would it be that hard, or wouldn't it behoove you as Satan to basically say, okay, let's call off the dogs here on this guy for a little bit. Let's make these demons, whether we're going to actually take them out of this person, or whether we're just going to make these demons play nice for a while, let's just let, let's just let them let up on this guy, and let him think that he got healed. Even if the demons were to come out of him, I guarantee a whole other set of demons went in him. Maybe these aren't spirits of infirmity anymore. You then have a convert. 
a satanic convert into the New Age system that is going to be a walking billboard to advertise for Satan. What problem would that be for Satan to do that? That is how demonic healings occur. Okay? That is how, that's how it happens. Did I make that clear? Okay, because that's very important you understand that. So the real fruit of this is what we really have to look at. What good have we really done this man? What good have they really done this man? But yet to deceive him, yes, he doesn't have any more physical infirmities. But he's on his way to the lake of fire, ultimately. So, rest assured, a demonic healing like this will spawn many other converts as well. And that's the reason this happens. This gathering would also be another example of a place Christians could go and wage spiritual warfare, like I had talked about before. Okay? And again, if we read Ephesians 6, where, you know, it talks about, well, let's just... Ephesians 6, uh, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And then again it says again, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having all done, to stand. Stand having therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness. These are attributes that we need to be walking in. As well as I think this is something we need to pray and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Above all, it says, taking up the shield of faith. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And then it says, verse 17, to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. See, that's really the only offensive weapon in the whole armor of God, is the sword of the Spirit. This is why when Jesus contended with Satan in the wilderness, after his 40-day fast, he just quoted Scripture, because that's the sword of the Spirit. Praying always, with all prayer and supplication, in the Spirit, and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication, for all saints. Okay, so this is a place we could go and actually implement these types of spiritual... Um, Commandments, really. I mean, not really. I don't know if we call it commandment, but these are things that we should be doing. Um, if we go to Second Corinthians ten, verse three. Second Corinthians ten, verse three. For though we walk in the flesh, that's we walk in a fleshly body, we do not war after the flesh. See, your war isn't in the flesh. You don't go out and take a, a sword and cut somebody's head off. We're not supposed to war that way. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal meaning of the flesh, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, do you think a place like this gathering, there'd be strong, demonic strongholds and princes and principalities working through things like this? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is another thing we need to do. And then uh, Jeremiah 23.29 says... Um, is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. It's another thing. 
Um, if we go to Hebrews 4.12, I'm trying to get you to understand that the Bible is actually a very militant book. And this isn't something that's typically taught in the churches. Particularly conservative, because this starts to sound, oh, this is a little too Pentecostal for me. Well, I, I, you know, this has nothing to do with being Pentecostal. This has to do with the Bible and what it says. Okay? Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. talks a lot about the sword of the spirit, which is our, really our primary offensive weapon. This is one of the reasons I encourage you to pray Psalm 64. You know, because that's an imprecatory prayer, but what it is, is ultimately that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God. And that many would hopefully get saved as a result of this fear falling upon the unsaved. Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. But see, do you have the faith to believe that? And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. It says this is our heritage. Servants of the Lord. This isn't, this isn't just a verse for the Old Testament. It says no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every time, I really think that a lot of times, you know, sometimes, the reason that maybe something would befall a Christian is because, number one, they didn't actually know what the Bible said about a given issue. And number two, they didn't have the faith to believe it even if they did know it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Okay, so I'm just saying that these are things that, that I think we as Christians can quote and claim in these types of things. Not to say nothing that bad is ever going to happen to you, because the Bible says all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I just think we need to understand that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, and that I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. So these are verses that are good to have memorized and committed to memory because if you get your Bible taken away, you may not have, you know, obviously, you're just going to have to have them in your, in your, um, memorized. So if we go on with this letter, <clears throat> this email, it says, It is with love and gratitude that this is being sent to all of you that were with us in person and to those of you who were with us in spirit at the life-changing Lift the Light, the Gathering on November 3rd, 2007. This just happened. We felt, all of you, in our hearts, as, as one, we intentionally expanded, we felt all of you in our hearts, as one. We intentionally expanded consciousness in our own hearts to a divine level, where deep changes can occur. Now, do you see the New Age flowery drivel that, that is just pouring out of this of this email. Oh, it sounds nice. Nothing in this to offend really anybody. I mean, it offends me, but I look at it a little bit differently. The average person, this isn't going to offend. We were graced with bright lights from 50 states in the United States, five countries and multi-dimensions. This is the first of many World Puja Network gatherings. 
Now, you see what they're looking for? It says, we felt all of you in our hearts as one. See, what they're trying to bring about is the one world religion. It's part of the reason why I'm talking about this today, because this is going to be the essence of the one world religion. This stuff we're talking... It's not going to be about Hinduism and Buddhism and Catholicism. This is going to be more the essence of the one world religion. This type of stuff. On this day, this day, this November 3rd, we birthed a profound vortex of expanding and vibrating energy. Whoa, now we just said a mouthful there. We birthed. You know, that's a common term they would use in the Pentecostal movement. We birthed something in the spirit realm today. I went to a, uh, when I came out of the Pentecostal church, I was still a little bit unsure about where to go and what to do. And I heard about this one part of the Pentecostal church that were King James only. I think it was like United Pentecostal. I don't know. found this little church that was going on. Never have I seen the stuff that went on in that church, in any other church. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't gotten a lot worse. But I can remember, and it, it turned out this guy was actually one of my patients. It was crazy. I didn't know that he was in all this, but him and his wife, and I remember he started and they had all this music going, and this lady, the pastor's wife, went up to the front of the room and got on the ground as they were singing, and she started, went into what they call travail in the spirit, where it looked like she was like going to like have a kid any second. Looked like she was pregnant trying to give birth. And she was up there, like on her knees, and just groaning and, and, and making all these gyrations and noises. And then another lady went up and kind of like laid on her back. And started doing the same thing. Eh, you know, going all nutty and the music's going and all the men are around doing little jigs. And, and, then, and then it got to a point where most of the women were like in this one big mass in the front. And they were all laying on one another. This is just massive women flesh thing. And and they were all up there groaning, supposedly in the spirit, and travailing and trying to birth something in the spirit. Now this went on. Now God says God is not the author of confusion. Everything should be done in decency and in order. Lay hands suddenly on no man. Then then their 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 deacons tried to come up and I had brought my little group of people that had come out of the Pentecostal church with me. They all ended up going back. Because the Pentecostal pull was just too much for them. But at the time they'd come out. And they were going up to these people. Total strangers. We didn't know them. They didn't know us. Laying hands on them. They didn't lay hands on me. I, didn't, I, I knew better. I didn't let that. But they, but they were on the people I brought with me. And the Bible says, lay hands suddenly on no man. So they're doing all these. I ended up writing this pastoral letter after. I said, here's what you did totally unbiblically. Let me point it out for you, pastor. And I wrote point by point everything that I saw that was totally unbiblical. You know what the response I got? Let go and let God, Scott. Why don't you just lighten up? You're just a big stick in the mud. Yeah, get, get your feet on the ground. That's the response I got. Oh, that... The, Please show me the book, chapter, and verse on that one. I guess I missed it. So, ended up, then another lady came up, and behind them, she was doing a little four-point jig. She was doing a little box jig, dancing. And then another lady came up, and she, and she was, she started... She had really long hair. I will say their hair was very biblical. It's about the only thing biblical about the church. They were in dresses and they, they had, the women had long hair. Okay. But this one lady was going up there and she would 
at the waist go forward and all her hair would fly forward and then she would come back real violently and the hair would flip back and she just kept doing that. It was like she was on a hinge. And she just kept going back and forth and back and forth and then you had this other lady doing a three, four point jig and then you had all the other women up there in this big mass of humanity birthing something and travailing something in the spirit world and then you had their deacons over their laying hands and then when all that rigmarole was done, the guy preached the sermon. And from what I called, the sermon was actually pretty biblical. Of course, I, I, maybe I wouldn't think it is now, knowing what I know. It was insane. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on. And it's not too far different from what goes on in these New Age things, either. So, he goes on in this article, he says, On this day we birthed a profound vortex of expanding and vibrating energy that is now seated within each that was present and each that was with us in spirit. This gathering occurred during a rare ten-day portal. Okay, now, this whole thing about these portals and these vortexes, there's a big movement in the New Age movement. Just so you know, because you might be faced with this someday, a big movement in the um, New Age community to open these things called vortexes, portals, sometimes they're referred to as stargates. In fact, there's a whole show on TV called Stargate, SGI, Stargate Atlantis. It's been going on for like, I don't know how many years now. 16 years? It's been going on a long time. And it's all about Stargate travel. And these things called wormholes that they say the government actually has and is actually withholding us. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know. But I know one thing. Hollywood doesn't put stuff out there unless there's a reason. Unless they're trying to get you prepared to accept certain things. These New Age adherents are really, really, really big into going around and supposedly opening these vortexes and these portals and these stargates and these wormholes. Now this is exactly similar to what Aleister Crowley did when he first started his ministry, his, his demonic ministry, he threw a thing called the, uh, a lamb trough working, summoned a being through a vortex or portal or whatever you want to call it, and this thing's name was Lamb, L-A-M. And it looked like the modern day gray alien. Now it wasn't too long after that that we started getting all the modern day sightings of the gray aliens. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but it sure couldn't have helped. And then years later, the man that took the mantle from Aleister Crowley, L. Ron Hubbard, the, start of the, the, the founder of Scientology, worked with a guy, um, Ron Parsons of Jet Propulsion Laboratories, and they did a working called the Babylonian Working, where supposedly they invited the Whore of Babylon through this portal. And this is all done through very, very, very high-level witchcraft to create these, these um, uh, vortexes or portals where these demonic beings can come through. It's the same concept as Halloween, where they believe on Halloween that the veil, or the, um, the thing separating our world from the other dimensions, is at its thinnest, and that these things can come back and forth very easily. When you have witches out there that are actually doing high-level witchcraft to invite these things through the portals into our dimension... Do you think that's a good or a bad thing? Do you think this might have something to do with part of the reason that it's so wicked today? Doesn't the Bible say in Revelation that in the end times, the bottomless pit is going to be opened up the abyss and there's going to come all these things out of the bottomless? That sounds like a spiritual portal being opened to me. 
Okay, and you know, Doug just brought up a good point where these people, these workings that I'm talking about, that we're talking about here, the, the major ones, sometimes these take months of witchcraft for these people. Now, I've studied this. That's why I know this stuff. Okay, I haven't done it, but I've studied it, lest we be ignorant of Satan's devices. They'll devote sometimes months to this thing. They take their religion very, very, very seriously. But yet the average Christian won't even think to ever even do anything about any of this, or pray against this, or come against this, in a spiritual warfare type of thing. And this is really the true battle. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against princes and principalities. The very things that they're summoning through these portals, or these vortexes, or these stargates, the very things that they're summoning, the Christians... Most, for the most part, don't even know to pray against it. And if they did know about it, they wouldn't pray against it. Because it maybe scares them. Or maybe they just don't want to. Maybe they just don't think it's a really a threat. But yet, the Bible says that our true battle isn't against flesh and blood. This is a big reason why I have this ministry. To try to get us into the right mindset. As much for myself as anything. Because I'm as guilty of this as anybody. Okay? So... I'm not saying this in a condemning way. I'm just saying let's let's. This is things that we as Christians can do. And again, I think it's even more effective when you can actually go to these places. Now you do it sensibly. You don't go by yourself and put yourself in all kind of harm's way, unless God would tell you because He could still protect you no matter what. But I'm saying that these are things that we as Christians can do uh, to come against. So these demonic doorways are something the Bible you know, talks about something that the occultists are more and more and more being consumed with. There is a whole movement of New Age witchcraft occultists in America and around the world that go around to these supposed, most of them have something to do with the occult. Usually it's a place where either innocent blood has been shed, there's some type of occult significance, there are these things called ley lines that crisscross the earth, that Occultists tend to build large structures on. We talked about this on that teaching on Israel. David Bay talks about it in some of his teachings, how Washington, D.C. is built on like the 33rd parallel through these ley lines. Listen, when you look at that information in totality, you can't come to any other conclusion that there's got to be some significance from an occult standpoint that this thing, these things are real. To me, all it really does is say, okay, well, this is the battle. This is They're taking it really seriously. We need to take it really seriously. They're devoting a lot of time to this. There's got to be a reason that their demonic or fallen angelic handlers or masters are telling them to do this. If the demons and, and devils and fallen angels are telling these people that are caught up in this witchcraft to do this, don't you think this is something we should be going against? But no ministries hardly... The only ministries that get into this stuff that I'm talking about today are the rabid fringe Pentecostals. Don't even know what a Bible really is because they, they have no clue about the Bible verses. Usually listen to their Christian rock saying, yeah, man, we're going to take back the kingdom. Let's listen to the Christian rock and we'll rock on and we'll, and we'll get them. Give me a break. I've been there, done it. You know, it's like trying to go to war with a squirt gun. You're not going to get the job accomplished. So, again, and again, I, I just copied and pasted this little portion off one of these websites that goes around the United States, and they have, you can go up to their website, they have dates, they gather, they bring these people together, at least 12 people, 
And these are called the Star Doves. You talk about two demonically looking people. They dress up as like Pharaoh and like a queen. They're really super old and they, they're, they're so, they look so demonic and so demonically infested that I can't even hardly stand to look at them. And I don't mean because I think I'm better. I'm just serious. They're, they are they are unbelievable. And this is just one of the many that do this. I just, just as an example, copied and pasted this off their website. Here's what it said on the website. Now, they go around the country and supposedly open these, they call them stargates, or whatever you want to call them, vortexes, portals. And what it does is it allows these devils and demons and fallen angels from other dimensions into our our dimension, okay, to, what do you think they're going to do, good? No. But see, they view them as our, as our buddies. And this is off their website. It says, join us as light workers, and star seeds unite with the ascended masters. Now remember, I've done a whole teaching on the ascended masters, and on Lord Maitre and that type of stuff. So please, listen to that teaching as well, if you have any interest in this. But they're going to unite with the Ascended Masters. See, these Ascended Masters are the ones that are demonically and telepathically communicating with these demon-possessed witches on what to do, why to do it, and this is what you got to do. So they feel like they're yoking up with these Ascended Masters. So as we unite with the Ascended Masters and the goodly extraterrestrials to bless the United States... Well, that's a mouthful. The goodly extraterrestrials, like the goodly gray aliens, the little Nephilim, basically demonic hybrid, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We've done two teachings on that, that you can that you can get on the Nephilim, or either email me, and I'll, I'll email you all this at once, with the PDF files to back up what I'm saying. But see, they're saying that the Ascended Masters and the good aliens, because see, there's good and there's bad, it's like good cop, bad cop. No, they're all demonic straight from the pit of hell. It's all the end time delusion. That's all it is. Okay, and again, I went deep into that in other teachings. But they want to unite with the Ascended Masters and the good, the good um, aliens to bless the United States. We need your assistance in opening stargates. Performing this service requires that a certain number of awakened star seeds or light workers coordinate with us at each sacred site. And again, these are sacred sites where I've went to many of these and prayed and, and interceded and prayed that the Lord would shut up these places, that they wouldn't be able to come here and do any more demonic rituals or workings or whatever. What are these things doing? It's defiling the land even further. See, they believe at these sacred sites they can work their witchcraft better because the vibes are better, because the vibration's better. And from a demonic standpoint, that's absolutely true. But we as Christians have the power, I believe, to go there and to stop these things. Remember, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all they that dwell therein. So, um, that was just from their website there. Now, if we go further... That says, this gathering occurred during a rare 10-day portal, per the Mayan calendar. Ah, the Mayan calendar. You're going to hear more and more about the Mayan calendar, which ends December 21st, 2012, which the Mayan calendar says is the end of the world. They also believe that there's a good chance that's when what they call Planet X or Nibiru will pass close to our planet. That's a whole other study. Okay, but I'm telling you, this is what the occultists firmly believe. And you're going to be hearing more about the 2012 Mayan calendar, if you haven't already. 
And again, this is something as a Christian we can totally choose to ignore. Or we can choose to educate our little, ourselves a little bit, not become obsessed with it, but educate ourselves a little bit so that we have some type of answer to give an unsaved person who would come to us with this information. We as Christians have to be able to, to give biblical answers for, for everything, I believe. Not just to bury our head in the sands. So, um, this 10-day portal where all kinds of energies were increased, the veils were thinner, just like Halloween, like I said before, the spiritual veils, the galactic doorways were open, and there was a great support and higher opportunities to carry out our intentions. No, it's to carry out their witchcraft. See, what I'm trying to do is read this letter and translate it for you. I'm trying to give you, okay, what are they really saying here? Because you have to have a Christian interpret this for you if you're reading this. Unless you really are aware of what they're doing here. And most people aren't. But see, I came out of this junk too. My mom was heavily involved in New Age growing up. Into the yoga, into the psychics and all this other stuff. So I kind of have a background in this. Our unified intention was to lift the light of our beings and send it out to the planet. And we did. What would this be called? Mass witchcraft. You got 300 witches together putting spells on large land masses. It's well known they do this. Oh, and now he's really getting off in left field. Well, you know, this whole whole teaching could be construed as me getting off in left field. I'm telling you that they take their religion much more seriously than the average Christians do. And there is power in witchcraft. They just don't do it for no reason. They do it particularly because most of the time they'll see results. Not all the time. But most of the time. So they were trying to, to uh, their unified intention to send out this whatever. Just mass witchcraft is all it is. Wherever there was resistance, the light pierced. The light pierced it as it was experienced by many of us. Oh, is that true? What is that trying to say? What does that translated mean? Well, the only true resistance to, to this devil witchcraft would be come from the Holy Spirit, true Bible-believing Christians, their prayers, holy angels, things of God, in other words. That's the resistance they're in reference to. See, we're, we're, we're kind of referred to by the New Agers as kind of the black stones. We're the ones that really need to... Uh, we, we need to go. Because we haven't evolved like they have. And um, we have too much spiritual baggage and bondage, and we're too narrow-minded. And we need to really be eliminated... Because ultimately, that's what this is going to come down to. Now, God is on the throne. Just remember that. I don't care what their plans are. for. They're going to the lake of fire. Now, the Bible says it's His will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. So I'm not wishing them to go to the lake of fire. I pray for these people that God would open their eyes. Okay? Because when you have a person that actually converts from this type of high-level witchcraft over to Christianity, and really a true believer, I mean, that's a, that's a powerful witness and a testimony. Then he goes on in this article to say, layer by layer, hour by hour, and experience by experience, the light of our beings were lifted exponentially as greater truths were revealed. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just getting It's like a hallmark moment in here. I mean, reading this, it's just great. Uh, it, it should have said exponentially as greater lies were revealed. And those present in the spirit personally connected to them, more space was created within to hold and inflame the light. They always talk about the, la- the light and the flame and all this other stuff. Sounds so nice. By dismantling lies and programs that had us living beneath ourselves, now there to them, 
The Bible says, Woe to them that call good evil and evil good. They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. When they say by dismantling lies and programs that had us living beneath ourselves, what that would probably be in reference to is anything that, from a biblical nature that, that would teach us biblical tenets would be those lies that they're trying to dismantle. Okay? See, they just they'll everything that you perceive as good as a Christian, they're going to twist it around and call it a lie, because these things have us live beneath ourselves. Each of us, each was given the ability to connect to higher dimensions of consciousness, though as many will attest to, it occurred in a very grounded way. Oh yeah, right. Sounds like a freak show to me. Um, now. This is the same... Actually, hold on, let me read this next line, and then I'll read this. The one intentional single day shifted, elevated, and expanded each and every one of us, as was confirmed by the masters of higher dimensions. Hmm. Now, what does that imply? That implies that all these things that were happening that were confirmed by the masters of the higher dimensions, these are the ascended masters that I make reference to in the one... Uh, teaching that supposedly are communicating to these new age witchcraft adherents and telling them what to do and what not to do. Okay? They're giving them the nod. These are the same ascended masters that will make their big official debut most likely in conjunction with the Antichrist coming to power. And again, I've done a whole, I've done a whole teaching on this. Um, if we go to Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5. You could say, well, you know, I don't know about this stuff you're talking about. I mean, where in the Bible did it ever say we would be tempted, you know, by this new age junk and jargon and, and, and all... Well, I can show... I can take you to the first sin, first human sin of the Bible is where we were first tempted with this. Genesis 3.1 Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it. So, first thing Satan did is he made a false statement. Eve tried to correct him. And then she says, Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And then Satan comes back trying to further question the word of God, which is what Satan always does. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. So he places doubt in the word of God. And here's the, here's the carrot that Satan offers. For God doth know in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now remember, he's the father of lies. This was the first sin, recorded sin of the Bible. How did Satan get Eve to sin, the first sin of the Bible, living in, in, in this perfect environment in the Garden of Eden? How did he do this? He tempted her by saying, ye shall be as gods. That was the carrot. That is the carrot that I'm talking about here today. Satan hasn't changed and this whole thing that we're talking about in this letter is the same big demonic carrot that he first offered to Eve back in the Garden of Eden. If we go back to this letter, well, and then we go, we, if we go to, and I've already kind of made reference to this,
But 2 Thessalonians chapter uh, 2. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9. And this is talking about, you know, the Antichrist making his rise to power. Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and lying signs and wonders. And this is what we're talking about here today. Say he's going to come with all power and lying signs and wonders. He's going to go and he's going to heal people. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do all these miraculous things. And so are his false ministers. They're going to be able to do this to a lesser extent. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion. It says God sends it, that they should believe a lie, and that they might all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. I'll tell me, tell you, what we're talking about today, these people are having pleasure in unrighteousness. But yet they say they're so spiritual, and they're doing all this good, and they're releasing all this nice energy out into the, into the ether, for our benefit, for the benefit of humanity, as they're working with the good aliens and the ascended masters. And you could say, well, none of this is ever going to play out. Why then is Hollywood so bombarding us with alien stuff, and all this new age religion, and all these other things? Why? You're telling me there's going to be, nothing's going to come of any of it? I don't believe that. They're, they're devoting way too much to this. Um, if we go to 2 Corinthians 11... 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13 and 15. Okay. And again, this is, this is an example I use many times of the false pseudo-Christian. But this could apply equally to a, uh, a New Age person like we're talking about here today. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostle of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now remember, he keeps talking about the light here, over and over, oh, it's the light, it's the light, it's the, light, it's the, it's the flame, or whatever. That's how Satan's transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. To those at this gathering who are getting healed and doing, having all these things done to them, this appears like a very righteous thing, whose end shall be according to their works. So I think it's just important we keep constantly bringing the Bible back into this. I'm not just reading for this for our entertainment. I'm trying to, to apply this to the Bible. Okay, so... Those that were physically present at this gathering saw colors, particularly of the greens and the purples, swirling around each other and spiraling upward throughout the day. This was probably the witchcraft going up into the ether. I don't know. Many saw brown and orange, orange energy fields transmute before their very eyes, turning into bursts of radiant, clear light. These are demonic manifestations is what we're talking about here. And don't you think that somebody who's a new age and into all this junk and they see all these lying signs and wonders that they're not going to walk out of there twice the child of hell that they were than when they went back in, when they went there at the beginning. I mean, if they weren't bought into a hook, line, and sinker, if they really were seeing this stuff, you think they're not going to be now? The Bible, that's why Jesus says, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Well, this is not stuff we want to seek after. Okay? Stuff we want to pray against. Because who's getting the glory here? The Lord Jesus Christ? I don't think so. Satan and his fallen angels? Yes. The multiple bursts of radiant light often showed themselves as arcs of light, literally dancing across the room and lighting on the physical bodies of many. 
Many felt their bodies becoming lighter and witnessed their minds becoming clearer. Sounds all good to me. I don't know. Many vocalized a deep sense of peace. Many more felt grounded in their highness rather than blissed out. <laughs> for what we are grateful for now is how far out we can get. That's important. That's important or a mark of enlightenment. Also, I guess how far you can get blissed out is a mark of your enlightenment. Uh, but it's really how far we can go and then sustain the connection. Michael Tamuria stood on stage and said, quote, he had rarely seen so much healing going on at one time. Healing. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. If you had somebody that had infirmities, and they said they were a Christian, but they were in a ton of pain, and they were like nominal, typical pseudo-Christian, and you take them to one of these things, don't you think that Satan would go out of his way to, if God permitted him, because Satan's got to get permission, but just remember, God's sending the strong delusion, okay? Don't you think he would go out of his way to dupe that pseudo-Christian? And who do you think they're, they're going to tell? Hey, I've been in the church for 40 years. Never got healed. I went to this New Age thing and I got healed. They're going to go back to all their other pseudo-Christian friends and then recruit them. That's how this is going to work. And how it is working. So this one guy says, Rarely have I seen so much healing going on at one time. Portals were purposely held open by the hierarchy. Now, what does that mean? These demonic portals where these devils can enter in and out, were opened because all these witches were there summoning these things through witchcraft, and the hierarchy were the ones that were supposedly opening them. What is the hierarchy? Whenever they refer to the hierarchy, it's in re reference to these fallen angels that call themselves ascended masters, that are going to make their big debut, and have already made their big debut to a lot of New Age circles, but they're going to make their big debut most likely in conjunction with the arrival of the Antichrist. But the hierarchy was opening them up, holding these portals open for complete transformation of discordant energies. The bad energy. We, we, we want to wipe that away. To move through and si simultaneously an influx of pure white light began filling the places that required light energy. Now remember, they keep talking about this white light. And the Bible says Satan could be transformed into an angel of light. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. And that's 2 Corinthians 11.14. True identities were both revealed and experienced, bringing many tears of relief. The light of this gathering illuminated the love that each and every one of us are. Now again, it always gets into building up of self. The love that each and every one of us are. These, are, these people are unsaved, undone, on the way to the lake of fire. And again, the Bible says in Isaiah 64, 6, that all, that we are, for all together is an unclean thing. And all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. But the common denominator and message that these demonic, fallen angelic beings are sending is always, oh, you're, 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 you're gods, just like us. You just haven't evolved to our level yet. Just come toward the light and do all this other stuff and, and you're going to eventually, you know, attain this godhood. And that's the whole premise of the New Age movement. This day was purposely charged with the highest God's, the highest of God's light. Intentionally gave all of us life an opportunity to expand. Uh, such drivel. If we go further, 
It will work in the way which is best for you. It is not necessary the same it is not necessarily the same for any two people. Allow your personal unfoldment and process to be yours and trust in your process. So in other words, just trust in your heart because if it feels right, do it. And how could something this magically wonderful be bad thing? I mean, how could it be? Whereas Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Proverbs 28.26 He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Know that the God Spirit is your source and guide throughout all that you experience. But this isn't the God of the Bible. Though it is by your thoughts, actions, and words that the real and lasting change occurs. So in other words, all the glory is ultimately given back to the person because it feeds their ego. Okay, so the person gets the glory. Blueprints were given, support was given, love was given, programs and lies of the mental mind and ego were exposed. And the unification of our souls occurred as we began to remember the gods that we are. Oh, there it is, right there. What did I just say? What did Satan just tell Eve in the Garden of Eden? Or what did he say to her back then? Ye shall be as gods. What are they saying here? The unification of our souls as we begin to remember the gods that we are, and he spells gods in all capital letters. He doesn't even do that for these other ones that he's talking We're actually elevated above God. So as we remember the gods that we are, begin together to experience living in accordance to the truth, the room was filled with one soul, which is why it is called the gathering. What a lie from the pit of hell. I think that I'm going to have to end there today because I'm almost going into three hours. So probably what we'll do is we'll get into the um, thing next week about Lord Maitreya and Reinhard Bunke and how this fits into what we just talked about today because these things that we're talking about today fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. And we, we're, we're going to want to see how the Pentecostal movement fits in with all of this blasphemy that we just talked about today. So I'll go ahead and I'll close this out in a word of prayer today and we'll, we'll uh, Lord willing, we'll do the next part of this next week. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us. For Lord God, all your goodness and your mercy. I pray, Lord God, that your truth would go forth this day. That you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, and form, Lord God. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. That you would cleanse us of presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us, that you would use the body of Christ and the people listening to this tape mightily for your glory. You would use us to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. If anyone is listening to this teaching today, that you would save their souls, Father God, for which a will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. We thank you, Lord God, for all your goodness and all your mercy that you've bestowed upon us. I do pray, God, that you would convict us collectively and individually of what you would have us do in every particular circumstance because I know that we are the body of Christ and every part of the body has a different function, Lord. We're not all called to do the same exact things. I mean, some things, yes, we are, but there are certain things, Lord God, that are more specific for the body of Christ. And I just pray that you would convict us, Lord God, what you would have us do and that you would remove all the barriers to these things. That you would open the doors no man can shut and shut the doors no man can open. And that, Lord God, you would deal with the wicked and with these wicked 
spirits and demonic entities and fallen angels that are deceiving the masses and ultimately taking them to hell. We claim Psalm 64 over them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that all men would see and fear and declare the work of God that they would wisely consider of His doing. Hear my voice, O God, and my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of lane and snares privily. They say, who shall see them? They search out iniquities. They accomplish a diligent search. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. But God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away. And all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God. The righteous in the Lord shall be glad and rejoice. And all the upright in heart shall glory. We just praise you, Lord God. And we thank you. We pray you bring us back at the next appointed time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.